Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. I want to talk to you today about this idea of running from God. I think that there are many times in every person's life, whether you believe in God or not, that you may be running from God. You may be actually knowing that you're running from God or you might be completely naive to the fact that you are. Have you ever had a moment when you knew that God told you to do something and you did the complete opposite? Whether it be a command, an act of disobedience, like willing disobedience, running from the difficulty of what he is asking, running from a dream or running from a call, running from hard changes that he's asking you to make or to take, running from a still small voice that says, it's time to surrender. It's time to relinquish. It's time to give to me or give back to me or fully surrender to me or running from a conviction. Jonah chapter two, I wanna read verses one through 10. Before we get there, I want to tell you about the story of this man named Jonah. We don't know much about him, and there's particular allusions to him in, in the, the book of 2 Kings. But if you just turn to chapter 1 of Jonah, it says that God calls him. That he tells him, I- I'm giving you a mission, I'm giving you a purpose, and I want you to go and to speak to these people in Nineveh. We don't really know who, what Nineveh is uh, in modern day, but... It was ruled and conquered and uh, owned, essentially, by the Assyrians. If we know anything about the Assyrians, just a quick little historical context. The uh, Assyrians were the ones that actually helped the Roman Empire figure out the crucifixion and figure it out really well. It was the Assyrians that, if you look at even like 300, if you've watched that movie, the clean version, (laughs) if you look at the the movie 300, there's, there's... all these different fights and there's this gore and there's this blood and there's this chaos and it seems really wicked and really scary. And the Assyrians, what they would do to put so much fear into their people or into other cities or other areas or other regions, they would kill their enemy, take the enemy's head, and they would get to the very highest part of their city gates in the hills and they would put the enemy's heads in a stake And they would put it on the tops of the hills to tell every other person, every other enemy, this is what happens if you come against us. It was also the Assyrians that were really smart. They knew once they went to conquer a particular land or country or region, they would take particular inhabitants of those people. For example, they would conquer at a time parts of Israel and they took some Israelites out and then they would take them and put them in another land They would have kids with them and they would inbreed or they would create different breeds from the Assyrians or the Jews or Assyrians in different cultures. And it would frustrate people because they wanted it to just be one blood or one land or one people. And especially the people of Israel. They wanted it to be Jewish. That's where we get uh, modern day uh, uh, the Samaritans. They were different breeds. But all to say that the Ninevites were horrible, horrible, wicked people. I don't, if you could imagine someone that you just totally like cannot stand, they're, they're evil, they're wicked, you, they're, they're disgusting, they do the worst things. Uh, I would say modern day terrorists, people that 
throw, make, kill themselves with bombs, put bombs in different areas of the countries. Like these would be the equivalent in regards to like really frustrating disdain towards people where it would be the Ninevites. And Jonah as a prophet, we, heard, we, la we learned last time that God would speak to a particular person and he would speak to either the king or the prophets. And so he was speaking through this prophet Jonah and he tells Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to let them know that I am going to bring destruction over their land. And what happens with Jonah is he actually, instead of going to Nineveh, he goes the complete geographical opposite way. Supposed to go towards Nineveh and he gets in a boat in Joppa in the harbor northern or so, I'm sorry, so, southern of Israel, he gets in a boat and he gets into the water and he goes the complete opposite way to Tarshish. And what's interesting is to me is that I, I, when you read this and you don't read along, you're like, why on earth would Jonah leave when he's told by God as a prophet from God to go and to tell people in Nineveh, destruction is coming upon you. I mean, wouldn't you want to do that if you knew that destruction was going to come to the very people that you hate or you can't stand or you're frustrated with? Like, yes, yeah, sign me up. I'll go and, and I'll, I'll deliver the message. But Jonah seems to go the complete opposite way. He finds himself in a boat and there in the boat, he realizes that he can't run from the presence of God that God is actually everywhere. He's, in the, he's around the sea. God is around the land. He's in all places at all times. And so Jonah realizes pretty quickly that the storms are coming and the sea is roaring and it's because God is trying to detour him and get him back to where he needs to be. We find ourselves, I don't know if you've heard of, of Jonah, we tell the story of Jonah being swallowed up by a whale. And that's important and that's interesting and it's crazy and it's, it's really mysterious, but that's not the craziest or the main point of the story. We can get so caught up with the story of Jonah and the whale, but there's something so much more profound going on here. I want to read you Jonah 2 verses 1 through 10. This is a poetic poem that Jonah is, is expressing in his heart as he's in the belly of a whale. He says this, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. To the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you... Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I have a couple of thoughts for you in this idea of running from God. Here's the first. Jonah thought he could get away from the presence of God. I don't know, if, where, I don't, I don't know where you're at with your journey of, with God. Whether you're someone that reads scripture on a daily basis, that prays, that speaks to God with others, speaks about God with others, encourages others in, in faith, or, or if you're on the other side 
of the equation of the pendulum and, and, and you just don't want anything to do with God. Maybe God sometimes is just checking in or checking out. Maybe it's, it's coming to church and, and feeling like you've kind of checked off, right? The box. Or maybe there's just moments where it's Easter or it's Christmas or it's different seasons where you make sure to check in with God. But I want to remind you and encourage you that, you see, Jonah thought for a second, and, and this is someone that actually would hear the voice of God. He thought that he could get away from God, but he didn't realize that the presence of God was everywhere. The presence of God goes beyond geographical location. He, he is with you when you're in the gym. He's with you when you're at the club. He's with you when you're in your house at home by yourself. He's with you when you're with your kids and you're talking with them. He's with you in every moment of your life. The presence of God is with you and around you. You see, God has always been chasing you. I find that interesting that God would detour Jonah so much, but, but notice he does not force Jonah to go back to Nineveh. As we look at the story, he goes to Nineveh. He tells about the destruction that will take place. And there's something that happens that blows Jonah's mind, but not necessarily because he kind of knew what was gonna happen. But I wanna encourage you in this. I, I, I believe that God is always chasing us. I really do. I believe that God's love is so never ending that it will always compel us. It will always chase us. It will always seek after us. His love, his forgiveness, and his mercy. The scriptures say they're new every single day. So what happens is we do something that we feel has stripped us away from the presence of God. I did this, or I did that, or I spoke this way, or I did this really bad thing, and now I am revoked from God's presence. But the story of Jonah is the complete opposite, and it's a reminder that God is with us in every moment of our life. God will never force you to listen to him, but he will still nudge you and redirect your journey. So he puts Jonah in a whale. I don't know if you know the story. He's on a boat with sailors and all the other sailors worship other gods. They worship the God of the sea. They worship the God of the wind. They worship the God of the sky. And it's actually Jonah's presence that from Jonah's presence, they respond and now say, we want to serve your God because we realize that your God can actually calm the seas. And actually, Jonah, it's your fault that the seas are like this, so we're gonna throw you overboard. And they cast lots, something that they would do back in the day, they would cast lots, kind of like, you know, if you hold a bat and you keep like going to the top to check to see who's gonna, or you pull like leaves to check to see who's gonna be the one to go in or go out. They did this with Jonah, and for them it was like, okay, Jonah, it landed on you, see you later. And they threw him overboard, and the scripture says he was, followed, he was swallowed up by a fish. And so God would use a fish. God would use something or someone to get us back to the place, but he doesn't force us though. It's really important that we realize that he will never force you to follow him. He will never force you to respond to his presence. He will never force you to go on a journey or go in route with him. Verse six says, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. My prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. You see, when we run from God, we're running from a life of fulfillment and a life of love. If you're taking notes, that's the point. 
When you run from God, you're running from a life of fulfillment and of love. When you are in route with God, you will find your unique calling. I truly believe that. When you're in route with God, you will find your unique voice. You will find your unique giftings. When you are in route, you will discover that God's love has no qualifications. You don't need to be qualified to experience his love. His love goes beyond geographical measures. His love goes beyond race and color. His love goes beyond any evil or darkness. His love, when you are in route with him, will collide you into the deep sense of fulfillment. But the opposite is true. When you run from God, you're running from those things. You're actually running from your purpose. I believe that. You're running from your calling. You're running from gifts and talents that only you would find and experience in a community of people that look to God and in around understanding the presence of God. When you are close to the presence of God and seek and are in route with God's presence, you will find those things. But the opposite is true. The more you run from God, the less you will find fulfillment. Here's the next point. When you run from God, you are running from people. Notice that Jonah was running away from people finding God and experiencing his love and forgiveness. So if you go on to chapter, I believe it's three or four, Jonah goes into the city of Nineveh, the city where it says that it was the greatest city at that time within the Assyrian empire. And he goes and he tells, it says it, take, it took him three days of walking and preaching and proclaiming the gospel or proclaiming that God was going to bring destruction to repent, to do everything you possibly could because this is all going to go bad for you. And what happens is Jonah realizes that God forgives them. And he's so frustrated. I mean, can we be honest? Wouldn't you be frustrated too if you knew that someone you loved was taken captive sometimes killed, the men were all killed, taken captive, the women were taken and stripped away of all of their culture and lifestyle and home, and now had children with a Syrian. Would you be happy that God would forgive them? Probably not. And that's our flesh, and that's like who we are, and that, that makes sense, it makes us human. But that's exactly what happens, and Jonah is so infuriated because he says, God, I knew it. I knew I, this is why I did not want to come to Nineveh. I didn't want to go and chase you because I knew once I chased you, once I went on route with you, it wasn't just for me, it was for other people. And it was actually for other people that I don't want to know your love because I hate them, I can't stand them. They bring bitterness to me, they bring frustration to me. Is there anyone in your life that you wish didn't know God? That's a check on your own heart, it's a check on our own relationships. Is there anyone in your life that you have so much bitterness with that you would rather not even talk to them about God? Or you would rather not even encourage them in the things of God or love or mercy or grace? You see, I want to encourage you something very interesting about faith and about God and about relationships and about love. And when you look at the person of Jesus, you see that he is a servant. At the end of the day, we must realize it's not about you. It's actually about others. That when we actually go in route with God and we find our fulfillment and we find our purpose, we realize that it wasn't really all about me. It was actually about my neighbor. It was about my brother and sister. It was about my friends that did not know God. And it wasn't so much about me as it was for them. You see, once you realize that your journey isn't about you, that the call over your life was never just for you, but for others, 
you then are on mission and are on route. Jonah chapter 4 says this, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. He became angry and he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious God and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live because you forgave these people. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? You see, when you run from God, you're running away from freedom and you're running away from forgiveness. The closer you are to God's call over your life, the more free you become. I just wanna just pause there. The closer you are to God's life, the closer you are to his presence in route with him, the more freedom you actually will experience. The opposite is true. The further you get away from God, the less freedom you actually have. Think about it. I mean, I find this so interesting in community when I'm talking with people or I see people or I'm having conversations with people. It's so frustrating sometimes, if I'll be honest, because I know the fulfillment and the love and the grace and the call and the unique gifts that he gives us on being en route with God on pursuing him, on chasing after him as he chases after me. And what happens is people will say, man, that God thing, too many rules, too many regulations. I can't have fun. I can't go do what I wanted to do. And then we'll have a conversation in my head though, not with them. And I'm like, wait a second. It doesn't look like you have a lot of fulfillment. It looks like you're actually in a nightmare and not a dream because every moment of your life away from God is actually away from, from fulfillment and away from freedom. You see, the more you give yourself away and the more you fight God's call, the more you run from God, the more captive you will be to yourself, to other people, to bitterness, to playing the victim. And yet when you experience God and when he takes you in and when he speaks to you, the depths of your soul, when he speaks to who you are, he will change you from the inside out and you will never experience the life of freedom if you choose to run from God continually. And I find that interesting as Jonah runs from God and he realizes, oh my goodness, I do not have fulfillment in this belly. <laughs> I do not have fulfillment in this darkness. I do not have fulfillment. And I would much rather go and do for others, tell others about the goodness of God, be in route with God and upset with God, but know that I'm actually on mission with God. You see, there can be moments in your life, I'll be honest, if I can just be real. It's not always amazing and cooky and like, I want to have, like, it's just, it's not always sweet and, and amazing and like, oh, the sun's out and it's breezy and like, I just got God, we're good. It's not always like, that's not reality. But when I have God, I know that when my worst day comes, I am not captive to whatever f battle that I'm facing. When I have God and I'm not running from God, I can be secure in who I am in God. I can be secure in my protection. I can be secure in my mysterious, unknowing knowledge of the future. I can be so secure in who I am because I know where God is. He's not only with me now, but he's in the future. And he tells me, I will give you joy. I will give you purpose. I will give you meaning. 
when we run from God, we forget about all of those things. God, you can come on up. I'm coming to an end. The sooner you run to God, the sooner you will find forgiveness. The sooner you run to God, the sooner you will find mercy. I, I want to encourage any person here as this encourages me. Jonah says to God, he says, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. A lot of people, when you look at the Old Testament, you say the complete opposite of God. You say God is a God of war. God is a God of anger. God is a God of judgment. God is not a God of mercy. He will just do nothing but inflict pain on other people. He was only fair to the Israelites. He wasn't fair to anyone else. He wasn't fair to any other cities, but that is not the case coming from a man that actually heard God's voice. He says, God, I actually know you're compassionate. That's why I didn't want to come here because I can't stand these people. I want them all to die. I want hell and fire to rain upon Nineveh, but I knew if I came, there was that small chance that you would forgive them, and I didn't want that because you're compassionate. And he says, I also know that you're merciful, that you're so filled with mercy that even though a person would kill us, God, would take my, my wife and my children, would ruin our lives, I know that you would actually show mercy on these people. That's why I didn't want to come. That's why I didn't want to speak your call over the people of Nineveh. And I want to encourage you, maybe, just maybe, you, you're thinking that God isn't a God of compassion. Maybe you think God is not a God of forgiveness. Maybe you're thinking God is not a God of mercy. But I want to tell you, the only reason you think that is because you've been running from God. That's the only reason your mind and the voices inside of you are saying, he is not compassionate. He is not merciful. He is not graceful. And the reason that I know that you're running from God is because you don't know or realize or you haven't experienced his freedom. You haven't experienced his compassion. You haven't experienced his mercy. And so I want to encourage you, stop running from God if that's you. Stop running away from his goodness. Stop running away from the freedom that he has for you and instead run to God. Because what I have always found interesting is that God will never give up on me. I just tend to give up on God. I'm like, no, it's not gonna work out. No, that, 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 that news that we got, it's just all doom and gloom. But I've, I have to check myself and I'm like, wait a second, am I in, in route to God or, or from God? I have to check myself many times throughout the week. My mind has to continually go to a space where I am toward God, toward his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion. Let me encourage you as well. I understand I, I got the title pastor and sometimes it really frustrates me because then it's like, well, you're too busy and I don't want to hang out pastor. You're too busy and, and I, I don't want to talk because you're, and you're pastor. And so I, I don't, I, I, sorry, I said that because you're a pastor. Sorry, I spoke that way. You're, and I get there's a, a respect and I thank you for that. But I am a human being that needs so much more 
to experience his forgiveness, his love, his compassion, his mercy. But I'll be honest, as someone that is on the side of the camp that understands his compassion, mercy, and grace, if I am just a slight increment away from not acknowledging how good he is, I will forget how good he is. So there are many times I am Jonah and I'm running from God, not even knowing. Because I listen to the news more than I listen to the scripture. Because I listen to other people's voices rather than listening to his voice. Because I would much rather out of hearing hundreds of people say, you got it, you're, you're doing amazing, go for it. I then will hear someone else's voice say, it's not gonna work. And for some reason, I listen to theirs as opposed to all the other positive ones. But it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. I shouldn't be listening or caring. It should not alter my understanding or identity as a person. Whatever, whatever Kevin says or Brandon says or Gabby says, even if it's good or bad, I need to know what God says. But if I'm running from God, I will not know because I'll be running from his voice. So I want to encourage you or maybe poke at you. Are you running from God? Are you running from his mercy? Have you got to a point where you have convinced yourself that you are not capable of his forgiveness? Have you convinced yourself that for some reason, out of the millions and billions of people from the beginning of time to now, that for some reason God cannot forgive you? or that your mess up or discomfort or destruction is too big for God. If you are thinking that, one, you're running from God because you're not experiencing his freedom, and two, you need to change route and run towards God because the more you are in route with him, the more you will be experiencing his forgiveness and his passion and his mercy. So I wanna pray with you right now in this moment. If you're right, if you're, a person that's saying, man, I, I, gotta, I gotta make a turn and go towards God. I, for some reason, I just, I've, I've even been a believer for so long and for some reason, my mind, my thoughts aren't even accurate. For some reason, I listen to the doctor more than I listen to God's voice. For some reason, I listen to that nurse more than the Holy Spirit. For some reason, I took that person's advice that had no understanding of God and I wasn't taking the right counsel because they didn't even know God. And you have gone on a detour and God is trying to get you back. And if you're looking for a sign, here it is. A guy with a microphone saying, you're forgiven, that you're loved, that you have so much worth in your life, that that result from the doctor is not the final answer, that that person that spoke that over you does not even know who you are that that decision that you made that haunts you or that decision that someone else made that haunts you does not have rule over your life if you're looking for a sign here it is God loves you and it's time to be okay because maybe you're in the belly of a whale right now and it's dark and it's gloomy and you have seaweed over you and it's scary and you could hear the echo and you could hear the waves and you could hear the storm and you could hear the thunder and it seems like you don't even know what's up from down. There is a still small voice that says, there is light, 
There is love. There is mercy. Come to me. Come back to my call. Come back in route with me, and I will give you freedom and fulfillment. So if that's you, if you want to pray with me, if you want to close your eyes in this moment, if you're saying, I, I, want, to, I want to focus on God, I want to give my life to God, I want to redirect my life to God, if that's you in this moment, all I ask is that you just raise your hand just briefly so I could see, I could see you and God can see you. That maybe it's just time that you give up your control and, and allow him to be in control. If that's you in this moment, right now, in this space, if God is speaking to the depth of your soul and he says, I am forgiveness and love and mercy and grace. If that's you, could you just raise your hand really quick so I could see. Jesus, I come before you right now for every person here, God. And I pray, Father, that as they look to you, as they recalibrate their life as they think about maybe things that you are calling them to and they have ran the opposite way. God, maybe it's a conviction. God, maybe it's a habit that has brought so much destruction over their soul, over their emotional capacity, over their physical capacity, over their mental capacity. God, whatever it is that they're running from, I pray, God, that in this moment right now that they would actually run to. I pray, Father, that they would relinquish control over their life and they would give their life to you, Father, that they would ask, they would give, that they would just hand over everything, Father, that is stressful and emotional and burdensome and they would hand it to you, Father. We love you. We're grateful for you. Thank you for Coin Church. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for putting us on mission. And I pray, Father, that we would all experience the belly of a fish at moments of our life, that we would be somehow slapped in the face, reminded that we're not just on mission for ourselves, but for others, that there is someone out there that needs to hear the goodness of who you are, that there is someone out there that needs to know your love and forgiveness and mercy. Use us, God. Speak to us, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.